Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very first episode of Parked Up. My name's Grant Rowley. I have with me Tony D'Alberto. He is my co-host with the most. Tony? Driver. Thanks for having me. No worries. So uh, so Parked Up, I guess, was uh, a podcast that we've pr- probably been thinking or talked about doing in the past, but uh, now that we are kind of parked up. Uh, due to the coronavirus, uh, we thought that this is a great opportunity to... Uh, we've got some sp- uh, free time, right? We've got plenty of free time. And yeah, we have spoken about doing a podcast before, but we thought we'd uh, just give the listeners a bit of an idea of what we're up to. Uh, obviously, everything's been postponed for quite a while now. So uh, what are the teams up to? Drivers, engineers, team owners, basically the whole motorsport uh, fraternity, what are they up to? And how they're spending their time and, and passing the time, I guess, in this uh, time of crisis, really. Yeah, it is. It's been a uh, it's been a full on week. Like uh, I know my brain has just been like overloaded, and I'm mm. sure like the entire world. You know, seeing some of the stuff that's been going on overseas, seeing the uh, the measures that uh, our government has taken to mm. um, you know reduce the incidents here, and uh, you know we're in for the uh, long haul. We're parked up for a while. <laughs> We certainly are, but you know, I think until probably a week ago, um, maybe prior to the Australian Grand Prix, we all sort of knew about it. Um, everyone was taking some precautions, but after the Grand Prix was cancelled, suddenly everything seems to have ramped up, and and I think it's really hit home that hey, this is pretty serious, and we all have to do our little bit to try and re- reduce the spread. Um, that's why at the moment we're actually sitting at least two metres apart. <laughs> And uh, we're doing our little bit as well. So the world has definitely changed. You know, there's a lot of uh, you know concern and you know uncertainty of what's going to happen and when this is all going to uh, you know come to an end, I guess, or there's going to become a time when we're going to get going again. And uh, you know, people are putting sort of end of May, June, those sort of timeframes on it, but we really don't know, do we? There is a uh, lot of water to flow under uh, under the bridge, and um, yeah, it's just it's just crazy, crazy to think that you know a week since we were recording this, we were only just coming off the back of the of the Grand Prix, and yeah, so much has happened, so much has mm. been going on. What, what were your thoughts on cancelling the Grand Prix? Ah, uh, look, it probably needed to be done, and such a shame that uh, we got that far into it. Mm. Maybe it should have been. Pulled a bit earlier. Yeah, great that from my work that uh, the TCR cars and S five thousand both got that opportunity to um, to yeah, be on, on the track. track. Yeah. and I thought uh, the S five thousand cars were awesome. What a great place to to have them, and I think that um, that three races around there would have been would have been really sensational. Yeah, I mean, even just the lineup of drivers that you had for that race was seriously impressive. You know, international stars, local stars. Um, it was all sort of shaping up to be, you know, a race that people actually wanted to go and watch. Um, Formula One is amazing, as we all know, but to have some of those really cool support categories as well, I thought uh, ARG had done a really good job of sort of assembling the the grid for that. And TCR was very similar as well. You had all the hot shots there. Uh, even minus was, yourself. Minus myself. I mean, I, I look like uh, I'd um, really, I, I could almost see into the future. <laughs> by not racing that round but uh, from our point of view it wasn't a championship round and we wanted to focus our all our efforts on the championship coming up which you know the first round of the championship was meant to be uh, next week or the, this week basically um, so 
to uh, we didn't want to risk the car. We didn't want to uh, use up any budget for that for the Grand Prix. But a little bit inside of me really wanted to be there. You know, seeing those cars roll out, and I was checking all the lap times, seeing who was fast, and um, you know the usual suspects were out up the front. And uh, but everything had sort of closed up. The gap was really tight. So I think that just shows that the championship this year is going to be really exciting and. Um, it is a shame. It's like an anticlimax now. You know, we're all gearing up for the first round and getting pumped up, and now we're all okay. Just hold station, and we're going to see. We're not even really sure when the first round's going to be just yet. Yeah, it's uh, a lot, uh, a lot in the air, and uh, a lot up in the air. And hopefully, our um, you know this podcast can help kill some time. Yeah. Uh, maybe deliver a little bit of insight. Um, so the plan for us is to um, to talk to a few of the people in in the game we'll uh, make some phone calls we've got uh you know we've been involved in the industry for a long time so our um our, we've, got a few mates. we've got we've got a couple of people that we can call on so uh today we're going to speak to uh, michael caruso we'll talk to barry rogers from from gary rogers motorsport and we'll also speak to Matt Braid from the Australian Racing Group to um, see what they're doing, see their, what their take is um, just on the events of the past week, uh, you know, how they plan to, to kill some time and, um, and uh, yeah, trying to look through a lot of the fog and the mist that's uh, descended on us yeah. and uh, try and see through that and see what the, um, see what the future holds. The, uh, we, we should uh, just mention uh, our friendship and how uh, we yeah a little a little deep, deep. just uh, <laughs> so um, we've known each other for a long time. Um, when when I moved to when I moved to Melbourne to work at Motorsport News in two thousand and three as a as a staff journalist, um, my very it was actually the week of the Australian Grand Prix, and uh, the only the, the thing that um, Motorsport News, the Phil Brannigan and Chris Lambden, who were publisher mm-hmm. uh, and editor at the time. Um, the the first job that they gave me was to cover Formula Ford at mm-hmm. the Australian Grand Prix at Albert Park. I thought this was amazing. Like I, I used to pay for myself to go to Oran Park. I grew up in Sydney, so I'd pay to go to Oran Park or or Eastern Creek or uh, Bathurst or whatever. But yeah. uh, then all of a sudden, these people were uh, giving me a free pass to go to. And getting paid. There you go. Amazing. And uh, yeah, so uh, the uh, the. The PR girl for Formula Ford went and introduced me to a to a whole bunch of people in uh, basically my first day of work, and uh, the first person I met was this guy called Cade Southall, mm-hmm. um, who I'm not sure what he's up to these days. He's a nice kid, um, and uh, yeah, spoke to him for a little bit, and then the second person I met was yourself, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We just can't ever. It's ever since that, mm. um, we just haven't really ever been too far apart. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, we literally live about five kilometres from each other. Um, and to go beyond motorsport now, even when we have a family function, Grant rocks up with the whole family. So, uh, <laughs> his, not only his mum, his mum does an amazing barbecue and uh, <laughs> and roast dinners. So uh, I can't miss those. Yeah, so it's been um, you know friendship for a long time. One of my early memories actually was just after the Grand Prix at a, a state series round at Sandown, and we were um, just doing a bit of testing. It was just before I was going to jump into um, well development series back then, or I think it was uh, was it what was, was it called it back then? Fujitsu the Konica series. Konica series. Yeah, it might have been Konica that long ago. Um, 
And I'd already done a deal to, to race with Holden Young Lions and John Faulkner, but no one knew about it just yet. So we were just doing a little bit of extra racing to keep me sharp and get me ready for the season. And um, yeah, I remember chatting to you on the grid at, um, at Sandown. I remember saying like, oh, you know, keep in touch, there's some things happening, you know. Uh, like it was all a big, big deal back then. And really, like when I look back on it now, it probably wasn't that big a deal. <laughs> oh, like I think that was huge at the time for a young, uh, how old were you then? You were probably 17 or 18? Yes. No, I think I was 16 or 17. Yeah, something around there. So, I mean, for me personally, it was because I'd, I'd watched like Rick Kelly and Todd and all these guys come through the whole Young Lions program. And, uh, you know, we'd been picked and, you know, we were jumping in and being part of, you know, the Holden racing team. But... It, it was a little bit different back then when John Faulkner took over because he'd sort of just taken the name across and he was running his, his cars. And actually, Michael Caruso, we're going to speak to on this episode, um, he ran with Holding Young Lines as well just after me. So um, that was a big opportunity uh, to join Supercars. And to be honest, at 16 years old, it was probably a bit too early for me personally. I was barely, I didn't even have my car license on the road, so I had my, my L's. And then to jump in a supercar, the first round I remember Sydney Motorsport Park, um, the car was driving me, I can tell you, I wasn't in control. <laughs> and the very first place you got to drive the car was at Morgan Park? I, I, that is I true. That is true, yeah. Um, we rolled out at Morgan Park. I'm not sure why we went testing there other than, rather than Queensland Raceway. Um, but we had a passenger seat in the car and I remember going out in the car with John first. He, he drove and I went as, as a passenger. And then, uh, you know, we, sw- we switched seats. And um, he went as a passenger, and I reckon he was the most nervous passenger I've ever taken in my life. And fair enough, you know, I was really fresh, and um, I remember wrong slotting coming onto the straight at uh, Morgan Park there, going from second to first rather than second to third. And I think uh, his hand got to the gear stick before before mine did. You know, he was well on top of it. Um, and you know, like I said, I was car was driving me, and I didn't even realise what had happened. So. Um, quite funny times when I think about it back then, but he was a guy that had sort of done it all before, a lot of experience, and um, he was sort of, um, he was able to pass that on really quickly. So, um, you know, we learned a lot of lessons, um, you know, in hindsight, probably wouldn't have done it the way we did, but um, we learned, uh, you know, and we got into the game of Vet Supercars at the time. And wasn't really too. You did one year with uh, with John's team, yeah, in the Young Lions, and then you did a year with Marty Brandt, yeah, with Marty, yeah, and then uh, onto your own program, which yeah. you kind of ran for what was it, probably uh, seven or eight years, running your own team yeah. from uh, well, Super Two into the main series. Yeah, I mean, we always ran our own go karts, and then we ran our own Formula Ford, and we we actually purchased. Uh, Jamie Winkup's Formula Ford, because they were running their own team before he went to Sonic. So we, we purchased a Megal. Um, it was like the, the best Megal, like maintenance-wise. It had everything. So uh, it was a really good car to, to learn in. And then to go away and join other teams was a little bit foreign for, for us and, and the family. So uh, yeah, we, we did a year with Marty and that was awesome. Like Marty is a really good operator. Um, car was great and um, you know, that, we learned a lot that year. Like, he, he's a seriously good operator. So, um, and then the following year, we got the opportunity to actually purchase a um, Walkinshaw Racing um, Commodore. And we were one of the first customers that basically HRT or uh, Kmart Racing at the time allowed to buy some of their equipment and had sort of this alliance. So, that relationship was a little bit through our family businesses. Um, Dad's business probably um, was 
paint work for HSV. So we'd sort of build up, build up a bit of a, a relationship there. Um, but then we sort of went from there. We, we, we were running our own supercar team and um, which, you know, we eventually won the championship, but then we, we moved that into supercars as well. And that was a big step up, um, not only for myself, but the whole opera, operation. You did have some really good uh, good guys working for yeah. you. Um, uh, you know, the uh, Adam Debore is the one that I, yeah. that I think about uh, now, who was only fresh and uh, sort of new engineer on the block at, mm. at that point. But um, yeah, you did have some uh, you did have some really good guys, and you know, most of the guys that uh, I remember from being in your team are all still oh, lurking sure, around the yeah. paddock in uh, some way, shape, or form at the moment. Yeah, I mean, because we were a smaller team as well, we were able to give um, new kids on the block, I guess, an opportunity. Um, you know, to sort of find their feet within the sport. And it's really good to see that they've gone on to, um, you know, run uh, or be lead mechanics or lead engineers. Like, you know, Adam's obviously a uh, well, world-class engineer. Um, so, yeah, we had a, we've got a great relationship um, when we were at the t- at um, TDR, but also that continued into Penske as well. Um, and now he's obviously um, moved himself from Tickford to... Um, Walkinshaw Racing, so alongside Chaz, yeah, alongside Chaz, so he sort of partnered up there and had a lot of success with him. Um, but you know, when we first went into supercars, we actually um, got Graham Jenkins, and he was running Tasman Motorsport for many years and had a huge uh, resume in motorsport. So he came over and, and ran our team, and actually still works for the family now. So he, obviously not in motorsport, but runs part of our business. Um, now so uh that's been a, a like he's been with us for over 10 years now so but yeah there's been lots of guys that have come through um some come out the other side some haven't <laughs> but uh, yeah fantastic journey and uh, one that i'll you know obviously you always look back and you think you can do things a bit different but it's um you'll learn a lot of lessons along the way and um we're all in a better place for it uh, fast forward to 2020, and uh, despite the fact that we're paused or parked up at the moment, uh, you know, third or fourth year now with... Uh, fifth. What, fifth year with Dicks, yeah. with uh, Team Penske. Yeah, Unbelievable. so quick, yeah. Um, so, obviously, a great relationship there, and uh, you know, just tell us a little bit about the, you know, your experience working inside that team uh and uh yeah that's uh it, it seems like that's it's just the uh pinnacle of co-drives that you could uh, ask oh, for at this point for sure i was very lucky at the time when um scotty pie was there and he was looking for a new co-driver when ambrose had actually stepped out of racing full-time or he didn't he didn't want to do a co-drive or anything so i got the opportunity to join the team and to see the growth from that point to now has just been an incredible journey. Like, you know, they obviously won two championships in that time. They won Bathurst and broken all these records and uh, certainly one of the teams to be with, uh, one of the best teams in the paddock. But I suppose with a, a big team like that, they attract, you know, really good guys. So the good guys you can learn a lot from, you know, from engineers and team managers and drivers. Um, so, yeah, to still be at the team... Um, for my fifth year, my fourth year with, with Fabian as well. Um, that relationship has been really, really good. Um, we've, we've driven together before, um, but to, you know, join back up, you know, probably there was probably an eight or ten year gap in between. And, you know, the, the, obviously the height difference is a bit of a challenge, um, but our relationship is really strong. So I think that sort of um, is a real key there, you know. And as the co-driver, I think you need, really need to accept that, 
um, you're there as the, as the backup role for the main driver and be comfortable with that. You know, a lot of the, the co-drivers come in and they're still trying to prove a point that they want to be full-time. And yeah, don't get me wrong, I'd love to be full-time, but I'm also really happy with the opportunity that I have with, you know, the best team pit lane. So um, unless I could have an opportunity to race with um, in that team full-time, I probably wouldn't step back into another position. And of course, the uh, you just use the co-driving to keep sharp for yeah. your TCR uh, Honda program. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah the, so TCR kicked off in Australia and uh, I know like I was involved very, very early in the piece and I'd spoken to you a lot about it and and really wanted you to be involved because I could see how this would be a, um, you know, a, a great thing for you. Um, I remember the conversation. And I remember you t- telling me, nah, no way, I'm definitely not doing that. That this seems like a waste. Um, but uh, through a prior relationship you had with Honda, you were yes. able to massage that. And mm. um, It was and- funny because at the time, and this was like you know, 2018, and I'd already spoken with Honda previously about trying to get something up and running in production cars. And they'd sort of told me that they didn't want to get involved unless, you know, they were comfortable with the car that was actually being built. And that's where TCR is a little bit different to just me grabbing a Type R and um, putting a roll cage in it and going racing in production cars. So obviously Jass, um, they're the accredited uh, Honda um, chassis builder, I guess, with the NSX and the Type R and any program that Honda want to take on. Um, so they felt comfortable to get involved in, in TCR. But I remember in 2018, my dad actually sent me, um, it was like a Speed Cafe news article about TCR coming to Australia. And he you know, sent to me, he said, you, you should look at this. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, it's going to cost too much money. And what, how am I going to do this? And I was all a bit, probably a bit negative towards it. And probably the same when you spoke to me about it as well. But then, you know, the, the wheels started turning, started thinking about it. You know, how can we make this happen? And then the discussions with Honda started to get, you know, um, they get they started to get more excited about it every time that I met with them. And then it just, just sort of went from there and built from there. And I've got to say, like last year, in its first year in Australia, was was really amazing to be part of. You know, the, the growth from the, the first round to the last round, the level of competition, um, the way ARG did roll out the championship, I think people were pretty sceptical whether it was actually going to happen. And I was certainly sceptical to begin with. Uh, and Honda were as well. And I kept saying, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? I'm like, trust me, it's happening. It's going it's, uh, it's to uh, you know, kick the year off and it's all going to be exactly the way they're saying it's going to be. And you know, the person they're putting it was. Um, and so that made Honda very comfortable to progress into this year as well. So um, they've been really big supporters of it in the background. And uh, that shows with their commitment again in, in 2020. So they're probably a bit bummed out that we're not going racing just yet, but they're full support of the program and, and what TCR Australia uh, represents to manufacturers uh, and the benefit they got from being involved. Second in last year's title. Um, <laughs> if we, uh, if we go, get, go racing again this year, what do you reckon? Well, it's, it's not going to be any easier. The, the level of drivers is going to be just as hard, if not harder. Um, the, the level's gonna be higher, I should say. Last year we saw a real mix, you know, we saw some of the young guns really stick it to some of the more experienced drivers. And then we had some of the, the older guys, like a Jason Bright, come out and win the first race of the year, which no one really expected. So uh, he probably didn't, to be honest, either. So um, 
it just shows that you know that the parity within the category is really really close and um any given day anyone can win if they get it right get the setup right and uh you know execute in the race so this year like i said it's not going to be any easier um from the testing at Winton uh, recently, we saw that you know the lap times were all within you know hundredths and you know, tenths, whereas this time last year there was chunks. You know everyone was sort of trying to find their feet. So not only from a driver's point of view, but the teams they've just learnt so much more, um, and they come into this year so much uh, further ahead than what they they were last year. So um, yeah, it's not going to be any easier, but we're going to try. We're going to give it a red hot crack. Well, speaking of uh, one of these uh, drivers that you'll be competing against uh, this year, hopefully, is Michael Caruso. Yep. And we're going to grab him on the phone right now. Okay. So on the phone now, we have our very good friend, Michael Caruso. And uh, Tony and I have uh, started this podcast and we thought, who should we talk to to find out how to create an award-winning podcast? And there was no yep. better man than... Uh, someone who has done all of that and more, it's Michael Caruso, and thanks for joining us, mate. Boys, absolute pleasure to uh, to be on the pod. Um, welcome. Welcome to the Podcast Wars. Yes, thank you. Podcast Wars. We, <laughs> this is it. We, we're coming to take you down. We ain't got much else going on at the moment, so... Um, uh, this is the this is the new way forward. So tell us, what does it take to create a uh, an award winning podcast? Um, great question, Grant. Um, firstly, uh, I think what you need first is some controversy. So you need a couple of teams out there in the categories create some serious controversies. You know, potential allegations against them for cheating, um, <laughs> breaking some rules. And that just creates, that just stirs the shit big time. Everyone wants to find out what's going on. But <laughs> in all seriousness, it's, um, I think, to be honest, I guess for us, uh, for myself, Dave, and AVL and Below the Bonnet, we, we, just, we just have a good time. Little plug, small plug. Um, <laughs> but we just, you know, you've got to have a good time. And I think, you know, you two guys are, have been around long enough and have a uh, you know, a really good personality, good mix. You know each other well, uh, and that banter between each other, um, you know, is really what sets it off. Now, I'm actually uh, a little bit new to the podcast world, but I have been tuning in recently to your podcast, and I've been really enjoying it. And I was saying to you before, there's actually moments where I'm listening to it on the plane. Well, I was listening on the plane, and I'm laughing out loud. Like you guys have a really good mix there. <laughs> Um, yourself, Dave, and AVL. Like AVL is sort of like the, you know he's a bit more strict and keep you guys keeps you guys in line. But between you and Dave, um, the banter is, is quite funny. So I think I've learned quite a bit there. Um, but mate, TCR this year, um, you had a really good run there at the Grand Prix. Obviously, just in qualifying um, with uh, front row start. So. You've adapted pretty quick. What do you think of the little TCR rockets? Oh, mate, I should be asking you what I need to do. <laughs> I don't know about that. They're, they're, they're so far different from a supercar. I mean, or from anything I've ever driven before. Uh, you know, I spent my whole career, you know, rear wheel drive, you know, all the way from go karts uh, to TCR now. Is, is everything's been, everything I've done is just, you know, that technique, uh, learning how to, you know, I guess, 
how to that sort of style that you need to get the most out of the car because there's quite a quite a big difference. Um, and I think the first test day for me was just getting as many laps as I could and um, you know understanding how they how they work. You know the turbo lag and all that sort of stuff. So the front wheel drive is. Um, yeah, like I, I finished that qualifying session and I thought to myself, you know, I, I just feel like I'm learning every time I do something. So good fun, um, nice to, you know, sort of kick it off well, but also <laughs> disappointing to not to not be able to, um, you know, put together a good start because I hope Garth listens to this podcast because he was definitely going to stall it at the light. <laughs> uh, so I would have been down in the P1. Um, driven away with the race, no doubt about it, and uh, you know it will be done. So, no, look, it's, <laughs> race driver, lots of confidence. Yeah, I had it. You got to, you got to do it. You got, you know, you got to mem- You got to think of what you're going to do in the race. Yeah. Don't you do that, TD? Like, you know, before you go out there, do I what do. you know, think. Okay, how's it going to go? What am I going to do? I wasn't even racing, but I was concerned <laughs> in my head, thinking about cold tires down into turn one on the first lap and how much chaos there was going to be. Now. Um, yeah. For those that haven't driven a front-wheel drive car, the rear tyres just literally come along for the ride, and they're super tricky to drive when they're cold. And uh, I think until you've actually driven one, you don't quite grasp how slippery it is. You want to talk a little bit about that from obviously oh, not having mate. that experience? Yeah, you're spot on, TD. What you were saying with the cold tyres couldn't be couldn't be more spot on. Like when you first drive the car, um, I couldn't believe uh, you know how much how much work you had to do to, to try to get the tyres to come warm. But um, for me, when I was at Winton, uh, the first time I changed tyres and went to cold tyres and went back out, I actually spun that turn three. So I, I felt like an absolute gumby. I yeah. was like, you know, I can't remember the last time I was driving and I just spun out, you know, like yeah. a weekend warrior. So I was uh, I was actually at your very first test that you had at Sandown. You you uh, you got a couple of laps just after the um, the Valvoline deal and the whole uh, announcement was made. And um, yeah, it was uh, there were some comical scenes inside the GRM <laughs> garage with a uh, with a couple of spins for you in those uh, in your very very first laps uh, at at a pretty low speed. They you spot on there, mate, but. Um, I think I got stitched up there, to be honest. <laughs> when, we, <laughs> when we went to our first test day, we didn't have an engineer. We didn't, uh, it was literally just me and my mechanic, who has never done this ever before as in TCR racing. So Sam, the legend, um, comes across from the Supercars program, or the old Supercars program at GRM. So when we went to the first day, we've rolled up, and we're sort of looking at each other. He's like, what tyre pressures, or what do we do? And I'm like, mate. I don't know, like, I don't know what to do here. So <laughs> we were, like, at extreme amateur level uh, at that day. So we worked out that we were probably, like, 10 pound out in tyre pressures at that day, to be honest, which was, which was yeah, that wasn't, a, that wasn't a good call, but good fun anyway. And I do have the uh, GoPro vision uh, just just in case I do need uh, any sort of revenge stitch up uh, social content um, during this layout. Hey, Grant Rowley, if, if anything, this year you've probably been mentioned in the media more than ever in your career after, I, I don't know if you remember this or if you've probably heard it, but we spoke about you and, and, I, and Tony is a good friend of yours and this is where the good stuff comes out, TD. But they were up at the 12-hour, um, when I say they, AVL, Grant, and um, 
Clits, yeah. Clits, so pretty strong contingent, and they were camping together. And old Grant Rowley was sleeping in the same bed as AVL. I mean, it only, dead it only had bed. two beds. There's only two beds inside our little Yeah, but, mate, like, Do you know come what's on, even like, worse? I reckon you wouldn't even have jocks on, though. Did you? Yeah, you he walks around pantless. We, we were joking about Well, did you have pants on? No. No, but I don't ever sleep with pants <laughs> on. What the? <laughs> that's just, that's just my thing. You can't do that. Yeah. No, no, no. And you can't, it was an old, you can't do that um, with another... When you and I worked together at Nissan Motorsport, that was a uh, that was one of the things that uh, anyone who was sharing a room with me would um, would be either frightened of or uh, or they would talk about is uh, that that was that was my thing. And I think you you're honestly a psychopath if you do wear <laughs> underwear to um, bed. So oh uh, wait, so you ha- you were full blown you were full blown you were nut sack out that <laughs> night. Maybe when you're laying next to your missus, but not when you're laying next to ABL. Well, <laughs> he didn't seem to mind. He didn't seem to mind. Oh. We were keeping a oh. we were keeping a safe distance. This was pre-corona as well. We we didn't have quite have a meter and a half, but um, we did have a. Uh, we, there was enough of a distance there. Look, look, we're getting a little bit off track here. Let's just rein it back in. Look, uh, one last question for you, Chris. What? Um, what are you doing with yourself at the moment? Obviously, there's not much going on racing-wise. How are you keeping yourself busy? And uh, when do you expect um, things to kick yeah. off again? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a good question, mate, because <laughs> I, I was out riding this morning with Cam and um, I looked at the radar before we went out and I was like, oh, I can't see anything. But you, you guys know this. You live in Melbourne. That doesn't mean it's not going to rain. So <laughs> we got hammered. Absolutely hammered. Like the whole time we rode for about an hour and a half because we cut it a bit short, we were just stoked. And and it was my fault because I was. He's like, "Oh, you reckon we're going to be all right?" And I'm like, "Nah, we'll be." There's nothing on the radar. But yeah, as I said, Melbourne. It was pretty much like a a race meeting at Sandown. You know, you turn up and you get you look up in the sky and look at the radar. And you're like, "Nah, we don't need to get the wets out." And then all of a sudden it's down. So, <laughs> um, yeah, bad call this morning. But uh, to your to your question about what am I going to do about this period, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because we're all sort of, you know, in a position where we can't do that much. I mean, um, I'm, I'm still astounded about the images. You know, I saw the stuff with people at Bondi Beach yesterday. Yep. It looked like there was tens of thousands of people there. I don't, I don't know how many, but um, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's pretty disappointing to sort of see that. And I know some people probably think, oh, you know, I'll, you know, I'll get it, but I'll, you know, be okay. But the problem is, as where most of us are aware, it's not you that might have a problem. Mm. If you give it to someone else that could have a, you know, a health issue or, you know, something like that, it's, um, you know, you put them in danger as well. So as a society, we need to, we need to do the right thing. And um, I think the, the sooner we, um, you know, probably, Stay away from each other. Yeah. No, I totally agree <laughs> that, with that. Um, you know, we can slow it down a bit. Yeah, no, we've got to take it seriously, definitely. So, um, so plenty of training and uh, a bit of family time, and you're moving house, I believe. Yeah, mate, moving back to Sydney. Uh, well, <laughs> pending a lockdown, um, <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see what happens there. But um, yeah, in, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I've been down in Melbourne to. 13 odd years so um the family my wife and i originally from sydney so it's um we're sort of you know we want want to get back up there get the kids 
back with all their uh, grandparents and cousins and everyone. So uh, we're, we're sort of on our own down here without any family. So we thought, uh, you know, we'd like to have the kids grow up around um, around their the rest of their extended family, which is uh, which is important for us. So um, yeah, move back up. But um, in the meantime, mate, we'll uh, we'll just sort of sit around and wait for. Wait for some racing to get back out. But what do you guys think? I mean, I'd, I'd love to, if we can get away with 500 odd people outdoors, I think we need to get a race under our belt. I mean, it's perfect timing to, to knock one over, I would have thought, if we can get out there. Yeah, I guess we'll just, uh, we'll just have to wait and, wait and see. Uh, you know, the AFL and the NRL continuing is a, mm. a sign that, you know, life can go on and it's great that. To, to see those so uh, you know there's some arguments about whether that's the most responsible way to uh to do it but i guess we're going to sort of see how how quickly um how quickly the virus uh does spread through through our community now that um the borders are uh, the borders are shut um you know there's a lot of uh you know there's a lot of questions that um, that, uh, you know, we've got some good guidance from our government who are kind of leading the charge on that. So we'll just take their direction. There's nothing stopping us from, from going racing at the moment. We're uh, certainly in the TCR, ARG and uh, Shannon's Motorsport Australia Championships world. Um, uh, nothing's happening until at this point, uh, Winton. We haven't confirmed yet if uh, if... Uh, so we've only cancelled, um, or sorry, postponed Sydney Motorsport Park. Uh, so we could potentially race at the at the start of May. We're actually going to catch up with um, Matt Braid very shortly to see what his thoughts yep. are on that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it is very much all up in the air, and there's been a lot of information over the last week, and there's going to be a lot more information to come over the next. Uh, Next week, the next month, the next six months. So um, yeah, I, we'll, uh, I, will, I we'll, mean, we want to go back. The big thing for, for me is, mate. Oh, look, and I, and I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I think in motor racing, where you know, I guess we can't put ourselves in the same same little basket as footballs because um, you know they're out there, their athletes are out there tackling each other and um, you know sweating all over each other, passing the ball, kicking the ball, whatever. We're you know, in motor racing, we we sort of, you know, let's say Sydney Motorsport Park, where the first round was meant to be, mm. you know, the radius of that place is probably six kilometres, let's say, and you've got flag marshals who, you know, flag points are probably five or 600 metres, if not more, away from each other. Um, so the distance between people is quite large, you know, like the drivers don't have physical contact with each other. The cars hopefully will and create some excellent racing, but um, hopefully we can get back soon. And, um, you know, even if it's not with fans, I'm sure I, I'm already struggling with TV. You know, I'm sick of watching the news and want to watch something uh, something interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll get back to racing very soon. Uh, mate, in the meantime, thank you so much for joining us on the very first episode of Parked Up. Uh, we wish you all the best for uh, hopefully getting back in your Valvoline Alfa Romeo and, of course, uh, for the great podcast that yourself and David Reynolds have um, with Below the Bonnet. Keep pumping them out. The, the race fans and the wider community need uh, good entertaining product like that. Thanks, boys, and uh, congratulations on the show. On my, I'm pretty sure you'll do a good job. 
Thanks, mate. Full of confidence. <laughs> On the line now is Barry Rogers from Gary Rogers Motorsport. Barry, thank you very much for joining us on Parked Up. No problems at all, Grant. Yes, uh, rainy old morning here in Melbourne, so uh, I'm sitting out in the tractor, but uh, quite pleased to come inside and talk to you. Thanks, mate. Thanks for your time. So tell us what uh, your thoughts on the on the last week. Uh, last time we saw each other, we were at um, Albert Park and we were about to go car racing and things stopped and a lot of stuff's happened over the last week. Yeah, I mean, look, things, you know, tend to change. You know, every day you get up and something sort of different happening. I mean, as you say, just over a week ago, uh, we expected to be racing and that, that turned around pretty quickly. And, and look, all of that's disappointing, I mean, but, um, you know, and I don't want to... I don't know, sound too, uh, not sure what the words are, but really it's the health and well-being of everybody's the most important thing. And I think if we're uh, all disciplined for a short period of time, hopefully we can knuckle this on the head and everyone uh, can get about the normal lives because, look, we all have to get motor racing, but it's more about, um, um, you know, the economic impact on everybody is going to be huge here. And, you know, I mean, that's over and above the potential health impact. But, uh, yeah, a lot's happening very fast, but uh, we've, there, we've got a lot of hurdles in life. We've just got to... Uh, um, you know, bunker down, do our best and press on and have a good plan when we come out the other side. So what's the short-term uh, the short-term plan for uh, GRM? You guys have got over over 20 staff and, you know, some difficult decisions, obviously, to be made in, in the next little while. That's right, yeah. So uh, on a short-term thing, uh, sh- that the next two weeks, um, we spoke to the boys, look, get them updated all last week and on Friday... Uh, we decided that this Tuesday, so we'll go to work by Tuesday, we're closing on Tuesday night for two weeks. Um, and whether that goes out further or not will probably depend on what happens with, you know, potentially the Winton date. We're really not sure what's happening there at this point. Obviously, um, um, Eastern Creek next weekend and the Bathurst Easter event aren't on. So, um, um, so we've, um, you know, there's only so much you can do, you know, when your business is motor racing, when motor racing isn't happening, there's only so much you can do. And, um, uh, so, you know, we're, as I say, closing the doors on Tuesday for, I want to say closing doors, but everyone's going on annual leave for two weeks on Tuesday. Um, and, um, from there we'll, we'll assess the situation. And what was the reaction like from the team? Everyone's supportive, understanding? Yeah, look, for sure. I mean, look, I think, you know, if as a business you'd messed up and made a mistake and done and, 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 and things that happened that were caused by you that made people have to go on forced leave and things, I think people would be, you know, disappointed. But the fact is we're in a, you know, we're in a situation, the whole world's in it. You know, it's not just GRM, it's not just Australian motor racing. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's the world and um, everyone's just, look, there's a bit of hurt for everybody. But, you know, I think in these times, if we can all just, you know, do our absolute best, no one's going to end up a winner out of this. I mean, we're, we're all going to suffer in some way, but we've just got to do it all together and, and six strong and, and uh, as I say, the plans coming out the other end are really what's going to make the difference to those that kick along and s- succeed, yeah. And Barry, uh, what are you actually going to do with yourself? I mean, you guys are really busy with the race team. You've got a lot of other business ventures uh, with with your father, Gary. Um, how yep. are you going to keep yourself busy? Are you literally going to go on holidays yourself or are you going to uh, still be as busy as ever? Yeah. Well, you wouldn't believe it, Tony. I, I, I've, I've got to, I've got to go. I've got to get a double hip replacement, and I was in on the seventeenth um, of April. Seventeenth uh, of April, booked in to get that done, and they rang me uh, last week, and I'm actually going in on Wednesday to get both hips done at the one time. So I'm going to be pretty, pretty sorry, pretty sore and sorry for myself for a couple of weeks. I think so. Um, uh, all that running over the years, I actually think it was a good idea running every day, but uh, I'm, pay, I'm paying the price now. But anyway, we'll be right. So, so yeah, I'll be, I, you know, so I'll probably be laid up for a couple of weeks, you know, just trying to get myself 
back moving again. So, uh, so you said going to be isolation, um, forced isolation, I guess. Um, that's it spot on yeah. you're spot you're spot on and I've you know I've often got frustrated with Gary getting through airports having to undress himself because he's already he's got he's got one one hip that's been replaced and I all the scanning and things that did Gary's though no, no no I've got a different person hopefully hopefully my, my one does a better job than his one but uh, we'll, we'll have fun going through the airports when racing begins again we'll be we'll be like a couple of old cripples and we better we better leave about two hours before our flight's going to leave by the time we get our gear off but anyway that's that's where we that's that's how that's uh, my time's going to be taken up yeah, yeah well that's, per- yeah. that's perfect in a way you know get that operation out of the way get yourself fit and healthy because you know potentially the back half of the year is going to be really busy we're going to try and cram in a whole season of racing within five months let's say um, yeah, you know, all, all going well that we do go racing. Um, how do you think everyone's going to handle that? You know, it's going to be a big workload uh, back half yeah. of the year. Yeah, it is. Um, and look, I mean, the teams in in um, in TCR, you know, they're all professional race teams that are involved in it. Um, you know, not maybe not all to the same level as as you know your A grade supercar type teams, but all all go about their job really, really well. Um, and I think you know, following all of this, I think. People will be really pleased to get back to normal life, and if that means putting a bit extra and doing whatever if it's got to be done, I think there'll be a new appreciation to to um, what we all do. So um, no, I don't think I don't think that'll be an issue for anybody, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my thought on the season as it unfolds, and I know a lot of things will change. We're really not even sure about when things will begin and not begin again. But um, there's real opportunity, you know, to get some you know racing through those um, summer months coming into the year. I think so, um, which would which would be good, something different. Yeah. It's definitely a new world that we're uh, that we're living in, but uh, it was a new world for you uh, anyway. Uh, let's let's talk pre-virus. Uh, a um, a long-standing uh, team in the Supercars Championship, uh, and at the end of last year, uh, you guys made the decision to uh, to stop, which I know you did with a, a heavy heart, but it was. Um, it uh, didn't mean no racing. It meant actually uh, potentially a lot more racing for you with uh, the S5000s and, uh, and yep. TCR. So uh, just give yep. us a little insight into, uh, you know, how big of a uh, decision that was to, to stop supercars and, uh, you know, the, um, the great levels of effort you've gone in, um, in changing the focus of the business. Yeah, look, really, look, I think, um, and Gary's not a real emotional person, but, he certainly had some real attachment to supercars, but particularly motor racing. And he's, 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 um, I suppose the thing he loves about the, about motor racing is, is, is having young people, whether it be young mechanics, young drivers, young, young whatever, and bringing them forward and watching them develop. And it really got to a stage with supercars. And look, it doesn't matter what form of motor racing we're talking, whether it's the go-kart down the local go-kart track or a Formula One racer, it all costs money, you know, whatever level you're talking, motor racing is expensive. But really, the supercar situation got to a point um, and it was probably highlighted with the, you know, the boost, boost arrangement that we had last year and where sponsors really dictated to you, you know, in a fairly major way, who drove your cars. Now, there's always been, of course, input from sponsors, and but really, Gary felt he we couldn't run the business how we wanted to, and that is getting, you know, talented young people, giving them a go, and if they work out all right, you can sort of get some sponsor backing for them, and, and away you go. That's sort of, we're pretty simple people, and that's what we love doing, um, and we really saw that TCR was a way of doing that. I mean, you know, hey, let, let's face it, every driver today has got to come with some money, but 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 you, you you don't you know 
in TCR, you can get a young guy, might have a little bit of dough, we can get a bit of our sponsor money, get behind them. Guys like Aaron Cameron, I mean, we're looking forward, really looking forward to you this year with Aaron as an example. We've got Dylan O'Keefe there in, in the car. Of course, we've got a couple of older guys in Caruso and Moffat um, and Bart. I mean, gee, it's a, a GRM homecoming there at the moment. But but that mixture of young and old and just giving those young guys a go, we get a real lot of um, satisfaction at us sort of bringing them through. And that's really what Gary loves doing about it, going about motor racing. And we just saw that supercars, we couldn't do that that way anymore how we wanted to. It's disappointing. I mean, it is a premier form of motorsport in our country and it's a shame that costs have just got to such a level that, you know, we had to make that sort of decision. But, you know, you never know what the future holds. Who knows what happens as, as we march along. And I think even coming out of all this, there'll be even some further changes with costs, costs and things because really you're going to be really pushing hard after this. So we talk a lot there about uh, about TCR. Look, I love uh, I love touring car racing. I love any sort any form of touring car racing. Uh, you know, supercars or uh, the new TCR that we've we've seen. But uh, a, another huge part of the business over the last twelve months has been uh, S five thousand. Such a shame that we didn't get to see them race in anger at the uh, at the Grand Prix because they were certainly the um, the stars of Thursday at Albert Park. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was an awesome Thursday to hear 15 of them there roaring around in uh, practice and qualifying. And, uh, yeah, look, I mean, really the S5000 program, really what got us into that was we, we wanted to um, – we've got a really great um, group of workers at work in our fabrication and our composite department. And, um, you know, when the ZB came came into being in supercars and um, Triple Eight, you know, sort of – um, homologating the car and then, you know, other teams not been able to make a lot of the components. It really led to us trying to find work for our people and we decided, right, hey, let's let's do this. And um, it's a big punt. Look, we spent a lot, a lot of money building those cars and, um, you know, we're fairly, you know, look, it's, it's a difficult one because high-powered open-wheelers aren't, aren't something we've had in Australia for a long time. Um, look, they're a fantastic show and they're going and, and um I think that um, given the opportunity and, and get a bit of a role going, as I said, it was a shame at the Grand Prix. I didn't get going, you know, get a race here. But um, I think uh, people sort of really, you know, when they get to see them, will I think they'll be real crowd pullers. And, and for young guys, they're a very, very drivable car. They're probably a bit intimidating when you first look and hear one. But, you know, you get guys in them and they're surprisingly – I don't know if the right word's easy to drive, but they're predictable to drive. And, and um, we'll get Tony in one soon if he's listening. You're still on there, Tony? Yeah, yeah. Still here, mate. yeah. yeah that's it, mate. They do look intimidating yeah. from the outside. And yeah. when you um, hear them yeah. roaring past, I think, I don't know yeah. if that's exactly what I would like to do. But I'll, uh, yeah. I'll take it up if the offer's there, definitely. Yeah, that's right. I'm sure, sure, sure there'll be a point we'll get you in one. But... Uh, yeah, so look, it's just it was all about work for our people, and and um, um, you know, but on the same token, we are conscious here in Australia. We are a small country. Uh, we do have a lot of forms of motorsport, um, but I think, you know, TCR S five thousand. I think you know, I, I really believe as a show or on the track. Um, going back to TCR, but they remind me a little bit of going to the car racing when I was a kid. That you'd get, you know, the, all the different the different cars have different. Drinks, you know, I know they're not quite like the GTHO versus the Toronto RX1 or something, or the HO versus the Mini, where you know the Mini will get in the corners and the Falcon will pass in the straights. But you know, I think you got Tony there on a Honda, um, you know, and then now for the Renault, the Audis, they also have different strengths. You know, one will be a bit quicker in a straight, then the other will get him in the corners. It's it's, it's good. It's not so predictable, and um, I think. Um, um, supercars have become look they have become that close and that good that really it's got to a stage where it's a bit of follow the leader and I think we're you know maybe looking for a bit more entertainment than that 
Thanks, guys. Well, Barry, we thank you for uh, joining us on our very first episode here. Um, we appreciate your insight, and um, you know, we wish you yourself the best with your uh, getting your uh, getting your hips fixed up there. But look, also that's um, it. That's it. <laughs> our, th- our thoughts with uh, with your team as well. We know uh, we know that's how much uh, you, uh, you you guys love your uh, all your staff and uh, and look after that's them. It. And um, yeah, yeah, I know. We'll, we'll all be right. We'll all just got to you know bunker down and uh, do our best. So I think uh, we'll be. I think everyone, as I say, come the other end, we'll uh, still have a new appreciation of what we all do. So to you guys too, and everyone, uh, we'll uh, we'll see you all soon. And on the line now is Matt Braid, the CEO of the Australian Racing Group. Matt, thanks for joining Parked Up, the very first episode. Nice to have you. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. Now, Matty, uh, obviously a very bizarre week uh, from the Grand Prix being cancelled to all the information we've had from the government this week. And it feels like there's a massive shift. And uh, what's your take on what's gone down? And obviously we want to get some insight into, you know, behind the scenes a little bit and how AIG are planning to tackle this uh, current scenario. Yeah, thanks, Tony. I think, look, uh, I think everyone involved, mate, it's been a very wild ride this past of uh, eight, nine days uh, since the Grand Prix. And uh, I guess the hardest part for everybody involved is the fact that things have been changing literally by the hour. So it's been very hard for everyone to, you know, uh, look forward to racing and try and make plans. Um, and there's been various discussions uh, you know, daily as far as AIG is concerned with, you know, as far as teams, uh, drivers across all our categories, uh, Motorsport Australia in particular, about the way forward. And that has changed actually multiple times this past week. So I think for us, um, the Grand Prix was a bit of a shock, albeit you know the coronavirus was around before the Grand Prix, but uh, the speed at which that uh, deteriorated, I think, over that prior weekend was uh, a little bit scary, and, but certainly understandable uh, given, given the circumstances. And now we find ourselves a week later, or just over a week later, in a a very different, very different situation and position. Um, from our perspective, uh, you know, we are looking forward to getting the, the Shannon's Motorsport Australia Championship Series underway uh, as quickly as possible and working very closely with uh, Mike Smith and his team at, at uh, MA to to work on that. So we've had to, um, you know, from a point of view of with Eastern Creek, this is most round rounds next week. We've actually postponed that. And also the Bathurst twelve hour, and six hour. We, more, we did the six sorry, six. Hour. Yeah, sorry, big hour, mate. Six hour. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting confused with Bathurst, but yeah, six hour. We postponed, and that's. I think out of the two of those, you look at Sydney Motorsport Park, the Shannon's round, particularly because there was just too much unknown and mm-hmm. things are moving so fast. We we couldn't give certainty to the teams and everyone else, sort of making arrangements for that round. So we thought, look, rather than hold off to the very end and actually expose people to extra costs or issues with timetables and so forth, we decided we'll postpone that round. And then the six-hour at Bathurst on the basis that uh, under 500 people limit, even without a crowd, is is not impossible. Yeah. So those decisions were made pretty quickly. And now we look forward and, um, you know, we are really trying to see how we can uh, get going sooner rather than later. I think the important thing for all all people in the industry and obviously, you know, people are listening to your your podcast, you know, there's people's livelihoods at stake and I think people underestimate, or the, the greater Australian population underestimates how many people are involved in motorsport as an industry and, and obviously how it commercially affects everybody. So we don't want to see the machine stop because I think if it stops too long, you know, we're putting everyone at risk both from their livelihoods but certainly the sport itself as far as 
participation sponsors and, and the like. And uh, so our intention is you know, analysing by the day what the possibilities are to, to effectively start uh, again. And, uh, you know, the, the government's talking about six months, um, certainly from a, from a coronavirus perspective, that's, that certainly looks, um, looks real. As obviously, if you have to be bound to see what's happening in the news each day. But from a, if, there, if the 500 event restriction um, keeps going, we are confident we can actually put something together uh, on that basis and potentially from Winton, if not uh, the bend round uh, in June. Um, that's what we're working towards, that we'd like to see if we can do t- effectively a TV-only round yeah. for the ARG uh, categories and obviously the Motorsport Australia Championships. And obviously we've seen uh, football kick back off, um, which for me personally is, is a little bit strange um, considering you've got players basically all over each other. Um, there's a lot of contact in that sport compared to you know, motorsport where, you know, the, the cars make, make a bit of contact, but the drivers not so much. So um, we obviously pushed pretty hard to try and get Sydney motorsport underway. Uh, but now you've sort of seen maybe the AFL kicking off. Um, does that give you a bit of hope that we can maybe, uh, you know, get going at that Winton round? Yeah, Tony, that, that's spot on, mate. So I think, you know, the, um, it's very hard, obviously, in the, in the sphere of sport to be the leader and, yeah, ARG and even ARG is an entity and also with Motorsport Australia, we're relatively small compared to the bigger sports. So for us to take a lead into a, or take a, a lead and also a leap into the unknown was going to be pretty difficult. Yeah. But uh, sports are in contact with each other regularly. We're watching what each other is doing. So the fact that the AFL and NRL have uh, kicked off, so to speak, is uh, is good for us. So that's why that's given us confidence going right. Um, if they're able to manage it and the you know the and also watching what the backlash is to be frank yeah. frank as well because there is some people who think it's it's crazy um but as you said we're not a contact sport most of our our racing events are actually you know literally in wide open spaces so there is while there would be a 500 person limit we can actually spread those people out quite substantially and and we believe maintain the, the health and safety requirements that are currently in place so we, we do think we're in that regard we're in, a, we're in a different position to the contact sports and AFL and NRL and uh, and that does give us as you say confidence that we can okay let's let's look at this uh, limit and see what we can put on and and we are hoping um, you know we can't confirm but we are hoping that the Winton round could be the start so that's what we're working towards and making some planning and, and assessment to see if that's feasible. The uh, the post virus world is uh, is very much uh, up in the air and uh, it's a confusing time to be standing on uh, planet Earth. So uh, we uh, we hope that racing can uh, can kick back off. But uh, let, let's just rewind the clock to some pre virus uh, pre virus times. Matt, you were the very first person working for the Australian Racing Group assigned the role as the CEO uh, very early on. I was actually the, uh, the second one, as I, uh, as I understand, to, uh, to come on board. But, uh, you know, the, the, the growth and the direction that we've just seen in the 24 months or in the 20 months that, that we've been in, in existence has been, um, has been incredible. Uh, take us back to those first few conversations that you'd had with the owners and uh, did you believe that we'd uh, sort of be in this position uh, in 2020? Yeah, look, I think uh, it's been a really positive ride for everyone involved. And, and honestly, no, I didn't think we'd be in this position where we currently are. I thought it'd take a lot longer for us to build what we've currently got. Um, but that's been a mix of, I guess, the attitude of the business, which is great, and also um, 
really ascertaining opportunities that present themselves and being able to grab them. And so sitting down with the investors originally, um, put forward an idea of what Australian Racing Group could be. And uh, interesting enough, it was actually part of it was actually a strategy that I presented to the supercars team owners and board a while back, which uh, didn't sort of go down too well. So for me, it was a case of here's, here's an opportunity. Um, the investors of ARG actually thought the same, though they liked the opportunity, and, and, and we further developed and refined that strategy and kicked it off. And obviously, that was really on the basis of uh, S5000, obviously a transition out of the supercars fold to, to be an ARG property and a development opportunity. And we also, uh, the TCR... Uh, commercial rights for Australia came up uh, through Motorsport Australia, so that was that was again, if you like, the first opportunity. Seeing that that we didn't see that coming, it came up on the radar, and uh, then it was obviously announced. We thought, all right, this is a great opportunity for ARG to sort of grab a category which we thought would be it's something new, something global, uh, very market relevant, and something uniquely different to to supercars as an alternate touring car category. So that was probably the most public. Um, first stage move of ARG, but behind the scenes, S5000 was was trucking along. And uh, at that stage, you know, Grant, you were you were employee number two of ARG, and I think Chris uh, Chris Lander was right behind that. Obviously, he was involved, but not sort of formalised until after that. So I think three, us three monkeys got going. Um, and we also had an opportunity, a long-standing opportunity with Touring Car Masters. So there was discussions in play that we had – the rights to actually acquire that series, which we activated late last year or towards the end of late last year. So those three things were the kickoff of ARG, um, probably in the six to nine month period, and then off the back of TCR and uh, seeing what we've done for that, which is which is a fantastic opportunity. And we had a lot of people, and you know, Tony, credit to you, and obviously others being involved early days to you know, saw what uh, the category could provide. And I think with the way we launched that collectively with everybody involved in it, was really impressive and and that certainly put ARG on the radar and uh, you know in the headlines in the industry and then shortly after that various opportunities came our way and uh, again with a with a very proactive group of investors you can make those quick decisions and quick moves and obviously the, the various other categories and events have followed yeah we actually spoke about it before about how you know this concept came up and I was a little bit skeptical to begin with um, but then everything that was announced and said that was going to happen um, has come through and uh, you've definitely delivered on everything that you've uh, promised. So from my point of view and, and also getting a manufacturer involved with Honda, um, it was just really crucial last year to to execute the year and make sure that we delivered on everything that we, we said we were going to and it's a real credit to ARG that it actually did. So going forward though, you know, we've got a better TV package for this year. So and bigger events it's all looking massive but we've uh, we've got the, the handbrake on at the moment um it's going to be a busy end of the year and uh how do you see all that sort of rolling out like how are we going to handle it is there going to be a change to the the calendar um are we going to combine events like what's going through everyone's mind uh, i suppose at head office yeah, for us, it's again, it's, it is an interesting scenario, and it's a good question. And what the back end of the year, as you're 100 right, is going to be really crowded if things go forward. So I think there's still a bit, there's lots of ifs still, but everything as we can see, whether it's or every bit of motorsport, effectively has been pushed into the back half of the year now, or talking to be pushed into the back half of the year. So it's going to be very crowded. It's going to be a motorsport fans' delight the back mm-hmm. half of the year, that's for sure. Um, 
I think from an ARG perspective, we've got a very good calendar in place uh, anyway, and obviously we've had to forego the Bathurst Six Hour. We're going to roll that into a even bigger version of the Bathurst International. So effectively, we're going to create two Bathursts in one in November, um, which will be huge. The Sydney Motorsport Park round, we are working now to reschedule a date later in the year for that round. And then, as, as, as I mentioned earlier, ideally, if we can, is to start from Winton and actually hold the existing events that are actually in our calendar. Because I think once there's too much fluid motion out there as far as other calendars being moved and we look at supercars you know they are reshaping the calendar quite substantially they're going to have to and it's better for us to lock in the weekends that we already have existing in our calendar rather than actually go again to and try and find tracks or try and change dates because you know the worst thing for everybody is that we end up all being crowded on the same weekend in many instances which still could still could happen so i won't say it won't happen but ideally by holding our dates we hope that we can minimize the clashes for everybody um and you know everyone can have their respective space to carry on and and do right by their respective series and and put on a good show for everybody um look if i can just request one thing though can you please make sure the supercar and juros don't clash with any tcr rounds because i'm going to be stuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah look I, i think uh well, in talking, I think it's it's good that we are in dialogue with the other categories and organisations as well. So I think we're everyone's trying to make the best of the situation, which is which is great. And, and I think we'll all try and help each other out in a sensible way where we can. So uh, I'm hoping that by actually rather than you know by by locking in the existing dates we have for our calendar and events, we hope that does actually give scope that others can you know, work within that themselves. So I think you won't find us changing dates uh, realistically, but. Uh, we hope that we can avoid a conflict with supercars and other categories because, yeah, like yourself, we've got many teams, drivers, and, and obviously other people in the motorsport workforce uh, that are involved in multiple categories. So it's in everyone's interest to to try and uh, avoid those conflicts. Well, she's a crazy old world. What does uh, what does isolation look and feel like for Matt Bragg? <laughs> at the moment, I was trying to make sure my Wi-Fi stays up, mate. With the, uh, the, way the, the way it's going at the moment, I think you can tell there's obviously an influx of people working from home. But uh, uh, f- for me, it's really not so much isolation. I'll be heading to the office. There's a few. There's a few people around to in and out of office and getting a bit of work done. Um, and really, just I, I think um, just we really got to be on the phone and keep in contact with all the stakeholders. You know, that's that's our priority. And uh, certainly ourselves and Motorsport Australia are working really hard together to to make this work and obviously and and keep updated on what the scenarios are and what's happening out there because they are given the, they are the governing body of the sport they are very well connected with the various uh, government agencies on on this issue um so yeah lots of lots of phone calls uh, lots of emails and i think in the meantime we've got some great initiatives coming up obviously you know the arg esports which i think is grant to, to you and the team that's a great move so that's something different something exciting to keep everyone occupied and effectively allows the fans and our team to put the best foot forward for the categories while myself and a couple others can put our head down and get going on on trying to sort the mess out for the back end of the year so uh, it's gonna be a busy time but looking forward to a a, uh, a really jam-packed action-packed and and hopefully a fun uh, end of the year once we, we get through this uh, this current crisis crisis it is but we'll make the most of it matt braid thank you very much for being involved in the very first episode of Parked Up and I'm sure it won't be the last uh, we'll stay in touch as uh, events unfold and uh, and more information uh, comes but uh, thanks for your time No problem guys, congratulations on the first one and uh, thanks very much for having me on board Thanks very much Matty Well there you have it Tony, 
Matt Braid and we had Barry Rogers and we had Michael Caruso and we had us two. What an <laughs> like five of the uh, five of the best, no doubt. What a start! Fantastic start. I tell you what, we got quite a bit of info from some really key players within motorsport and, and um, our racing world. I guess um, interesting to see what's happening at race teams, uh, what's happening at a management level with the the race ARG. Um, and also what the drivers are up to. It didn't sound like Michael was up to much at all, really. <laughs> I don't know. He hasn't done much for the last uh, 15 or 16 years or uh, however long he's been uh, pretending to be a race car driver. So no racing at the moment, but we are going to do some uh, eSports. Yes. Uh, we're going to do the first ever Car Sales ARG eSport Cup, uh, a unique um race using the iRacing software um, where all of the ARG competitors, uh, be it from TCR, S5000, Trans Am, um, uh, the V8 Touring Cars, there's a couple of guys who have confirmed are going to be a part of that and we might even see if we can get a uh, Touring Car Masters uh, driver to to compete. So um, the uh, the setup that we'll have is that they'll use uh, the TCR cars, uh, which is only the Audi, mm-hmm. uh, but they'll dress them up in uh, in their regular colours. So uh, Nathan Morecambe, as an example, he'll drive the Audi. Everyone will drive an Audi. He usually drives a Hyundai, but his car will be uh, liveried. It's similar to his Rondo uh, Hyundai. So easy for the fans at home who can watch free uh, online to recognise who uh, who these guys are. So that'll be a uh, an exciting new addition. While we're uh, kind of uh, confined and uh, isolated, um, there will be some normality. Uh, so that'll be every Thursday night um, for um, for the next few weeks. Hopefully, not uh, that many weeks. But uh, the other thing is that it won't just be the TCR cars. We'll also do some open wheel racing as well. Um, so again, just using Nathan Morecambe as an example um, uh, to, to replicate our S5000s, mm-hmm. I think they're going to race maybe some Formula Renaults. Yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like. And it'll be a um, and Nathan Morecambe's car will be dressed up in his Hyundai livery. <laughs> so um, now, uh, like it or not, I've recruited you as my um, uh, commentator to help uh, roll this out. So. Um, uh, tell me why? Why didn't you say no? I don't want to commentate. I actually want to race. Like why? Why, why did you agree to commentate rather than compete? I've actually never done a huge amount of sim stuff. Uh, I've done a little bit, and I do own a sim. But some friends of mine were borrowing it. So uh, Glenn Wood and Trent Harrison, who are you know well known within motorsport, they had their own little sim championship going on. Um, so I think it was called Send It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just, just send, send it. it. Yep. So uh, they borrowed my SIM, uh, and now they don't return my phone calls. So I haven't got my, <laughs> I haven't got a SIM to actually go racing. But um, considering we're racing Audis, I just didn't think it was right that you know we put a Honda livery on an Audi. No. Uh, look, I think I might, uh, depending if I'm allowed to, I might jump in and do a couple of guest appearances during the the year. Uh, well, Hopefully the next couple of weeks, I should say, not the rest of the year. Uh, but yeah, I haven't done a huge amount myself, and I'm going to be absolutely useless. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're seeing, you know, Formula One, IndyCar, all the different uh, categories around the world, all uh, jumping in and doing this E-series sort of stuff, um, just to go racing, keep the fans engaged, so you can still 
see how their favorite race drivers and teams are going and um, you know, even go up against them as well. So I think it's, it's fantastic. Keeps everybody uh, thinking about motorsport, sponsors happy, um, and you know, just enjoying what we love about the passion of motorsport. As a kid, I was a, a, a huge gamer. I absolutely loved playing uh, Grand Prix. Was the uh, the game that I fell in love with as a as a teenager, and probably really solidified um, my l- love and passion for the for the sport. Becoming a uh, multiple world champion on um, uh, in the Grand Prix in the Grand Prix game. It was just uh, it was amazing. And I remember Mum. Uh, she wasn't too happy from time to time about how much time I would yes. spend on this thing. But now people have actually turned esports into legitimate careers. Yes, definitely. And and you see a lot of these uh, guys and girls, uh, they spend a lot of time on them and they, they are an absolute time waster. You know, you lose hours at one time. Uh, they become very good at it and it's a very different sensation actually driving a race car. Uh, but they become that good and spend that many hours that when you even get a race driver that jumps on that, you know, world champion or whatever it might be, they can't keep up with them. So I think, uh, you know, the future of uh, that sort of online racing is is getting more and more. And, uh, you know, we see the online stuff, you know, getting televised and, you know, there's like championships going on, people winning scholarships and money and all sorts of stuff. So um, it's very popular and it's only going to get stronger. And during this time when we can't go racing, it's uh it's the only thing to do really so let's get on get on to it make sure you tune in and uh, have a little bit of fun with us yeah thursday nights uh starting on april 2 and we'll go uh every week until we don't need to go anymore when uh when the real racing comes back look it might be so good that you know we'll we'll just keep doing it Mm. uh anyway you know you see online racing happen all the time Mm. all around the world you know right now you could uh, switch onto YouTube or or Facebook and find a live motor race mm. to uh, a live online motor race to watch. So um, it's definitely not something new, but it will be uh, kind of new for a, uh, a a lot of these guys. And and I think we're going to um, we're going to have some fun with it. We're going to see some uh, like ridiculous carnage. Um, there's going to be some uh, some some brutal stuff go on, and maybe none of us will be friends after uh, after wow. it all happens. I was watching a little bit the other day and land. Norris taking out Max Verstappen in one of their races and it was just a you know absolute you know clean up turn him around send him into the fence so I reckon if you've got a few scores to settle with a particular driver now's your time because as you know motorsport's super expensive and we don't really want to crash cars Um, but you know the online stuff you can send it and crash into people and uh, you know get away with it so it'll be a lot of fun a lot of people uh taking the piss so to speak and uh you know just enjoying their motorsport and just that whole environment of going racing so uh make sure you do check it out jump on board and uh you know you're going to see some great racing well that's it that is the first episode of parked up we'll get back onto our day you get back onto your day thank you very much for joining us if you've actually survived all the way through to uh to this <laughs> point asleep but uh, any, uh, any requests, any recommendations, feedback, please uh, chuck any of the ARG categories a, um, a, uh, a buzz on the, on the social medias. We're uh, keen to um, hear your feedback. Who should we talk to? You know, what do, you, what, what do we all uh, want to know during uh, these challenging times? But um, certainly uh, our, 
our best thoughts are with um, with everyone uh, to get through this. And uh, Tony, I appreciate your your time, and um, we'll do it again next week. I've got lots of time. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, let's tune in next week, and we'll uh, keep these interviews happening, finding out what's going on within our sport. Thank you. That was episode one. Parked up. <laughs>